Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Boo! Jealous. jealous because I'm the champ again. Oh, let me hear it, baby. You know what kind of champion? Down. <laughs> you know what kind of champion you are? are You're like you Roman Reigns. <laughs> Hey, you know what? He at least got the job done, right? <laughs> uh, and they did it pretty well. I gotta give it to them. Gotta give it to them. I mean, they made Braun look like a fucking idiot and an asshole, but, uh, you know, it, it could have been worse, admittedly. They were backed up into a very big corner. You know, um, I've, I've heard a lot of takes on this, and it's actually incredibly, brilliantly sneaky what they did. Yes. Like, the idea of just, I guess, analyzing the crowd and that they probably would have just been, like, clamoring for Braun the whole time in the match. Let's just cart Braun out now so that then people don't have to worry about it. And then we tease the, we talk about the cash in which, all right, at that point, it starts to fall off the wagon. Like, then I think they were starting to go into negative territory. Because mm-hmm. I think... I don't know. Well, all right, here's my question to you, because this, this impacts a lot. As of Monday night, with the whole uh, turn with the Shield reunion and Braun trying to cash in, did Braun cash in or no? Like, uh, did he successfully try to cash in and then fail, or did like he try no, to cash because in because the, the bell did happen? not ring? Okay, that's, so he still that's has their big out clause with that kind of stuff. The bell has to ring in order for, um, yeah, in order for the cash in account. Okay, then, then I'm I'm not quite as critical on this then. Because if he had lost the money in the bank just last night, then I would be really pissed. Because the much better move would have just been to have him just be in a three-way with Brock and Roman, right? Like, him instead of him just being this, like, strange coward all of a sudden. And say, like, well, I'm going to fight you guys after you fight. Instead of, like, being the badass that makes sense for his character and being like, well, why wouldn't I just fight both of you guys? No, I think it's the their logic, at least, uh, just to play devil's advocate, is that's the babyface move, right? I'll let you have your one-on-one match, and then I'll fight the winner. Like No, because then it's like, well, what does that prove? That you can beat up a tired guy? No, like, I don't think he That's not babyface at all. <laughs> was, he, was he saying it would be immediately after, or? Well, what was he going to do then? Like, sit around, take a nap, and wait for them to recover, and then fight? <laughs> like, well, no, I think... Like, I'm thinking of, like, remember when, like, Rob Van Dam came out and cashed in his money in the bank? It was to John Cena saying, I'm going to face you, like, at this later date. No, I, th- I feel like the way that he was talking about it at SummerSlam was he was definitely clearly saying, I'm going to cash in tonight right after this match. So maybe they're trying to get him to do a mix, right? Like, a mix of the babyface, which is, I'll wait until you're done your one-on-one match to give you that shot, right? I'll give you the one-on-one shot. But then the rough, rough-edged babyface is, yeah, I'm taking advantage of you just going through a match. I guess. just Well, the problem is, like, even outside of analyzing it on a strict heel-face dynamic, I yeah. feel like this decision just doesn't make sense for Braun. No. Right? Like, he just, in the same night, like, he just completely squashed and murdered Kevin Owens. In like a minute and a half, right? Something insane yeah. like that. Owens had one piece of offense. Yeah, so I felt like the very brawn thing to do. Like, even if he... Actually, you know, it would have been even more brawn of him right after he'd beaten Kevin Owens to grab a hold of the microphone and say then that he was going to cash in and make it a triple threat. Like, that would have been the most brawn thing to do. I think that the 
probably keep coming back to, right, is that just Braun having the briefcase was the problem, right? Yeah, that was because, a stupid decision. Yeah, Braun cashing in at all, right, in the right situation, in the wrong situation, however you want to view it, is just so weird. Like, he should just be able to come up and say, I want a title match. Well, it's, it's exactly. It's completely unnecessary. Yeah. From a credibility standpoint, in that he's, like, absolutely one of the top guys on Raw. Yeah. Like, and then also from a character standpoint, too, it just doesn't make sense for him. Because, like, you know, somebody like Roman Reigns, it would make a lot more sense. Like, if they dipped into him being a heel more, which, please, God, let them someday, like, he would well, make more sense for. Soon. He would make more sense for Money in the Bank. Because even though he also has a lot of credibility and doesn't need it, he could be, like, if they met him, let him be more of, like, an asshole, then he could Didn't be the guy who takes it. At what point? Uh,. I can't even fucking remember. I don't think did he? Hold on. Did it's so they've given him so many accolades that that's the fucking problem. Is you can't even remember half of them because they don't even matter because they just shower him with stuff. I see him with the briefcase in my head. I don't know why. Well, he got cashed in on a couple of different times. Maybe he got, he got cashed in on by Seth Rollins. He got cashed in on by Sheamus, and he got cashed in on potent. He got attempted to be cashed in on by Braun twice. And then that's because that's a weird kind of storyline now, which is kind of funny. Which is that, like, I guess he Braun keeps trying to cash in, but then stuff yeah. keeps happening that he can't. First, it's Lesnar and Reigns, like, both hitting him with their finishing moves. And then the second night, it's the Shield reuniting to hit him with the Shield powerbomb. That was awesome, though. All, all right, so let me get you this just because I'm this is my big takeaway from this. And my thought is uh-huh. with the Shield reuniting. Yes. And with Braun being by himself at this point, do you think this might be the potential perfect time to bring back an old faction? Because the Wyatt Bray family. Wyatt, his tag team partner is like Dunzo. Matt Hardy's out of here. And then yeah, Rowan just like Elvis? got injured, so Luke Harper's going to need something to do. Maybe it'd be mm-hmm. the perfect time to bring these three guys back together. And that's, and look, that's the three, three on best. Three. That's the three best of the Wyatt family. Anyway, Eric Rowan is yes. like, you know, not as good as the other three. Let's just say it. So, man, that'd be some fucking cool matches. You got Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, and Luke Harper versus the newly reunited Shield. Do you remember Uh, when they teased the Shield versus the Wyatt family, like, way back when? Well, you remember when they had the match, too? And it was really good at Elimination Chamber? I I forgot about the match, but I I just remember, I think it was like a Raw or something, that they just went face-to-face. I don't think they even touched. And the crowd went nuts. Yeah. It was it was fucking insane. People were too super down for it, and that was that was I think one of the biggest programs where they really started to see where they could turn the shield face. Mm-hmm. Was when they put like these two super kind of weirdly over heel factions. Yes, and then it was like, oh okay, everybody wants the shield. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I would I would love to see that stuff again. You know, going into either like Hell in a Cell or Survivor Series. I think it's a. I think it would be a great Hell in the Cell match. I don't think you need that much of a build. Just have it as three on three big faction match. Mm-hmm. You'd have to put it in a cell, right? I I would I would totally buy that um, stipulation for that. So then, in that sort of situation, would you still see them doing something like putting the titles on the line, like in titles being like the Universal and or the Intercontinental, or like maybe? Do you think you'd have to like rip the Intercontinental off of Seth really quick and then have it be like maybe just for the Universal, but it's still like a team battle? Or maybe you get the tag titles I think, back I in think there too? Just, I think everyone just keeps their titles. I think it's not for the titles. I think it's just factions on factions. Actually, you know what? Here you go, Joe. Here, This would actually be really smooth. This would be perfect how you do it. All right. So you've got Braun Strowman with the briefcase still. So he's demanding like, all right, I want the fucking Universal title. That's mm-hmm. undegotiable. That's happening. Hell in a Cell. Putting that into a six-man Hell in a Cell match. And the winning faction, so in, in Wyatt's case, Braun Strowman gets the title. In the Shield's case, Roman keeps the title. Seth Rollins lose the Intercontinental title, put it on to uh, McIntyre. Because, you know, Ziggler can't get the job done, so McIntyre steps up and gets it back for them. But in the meantime, then Wyatt and uh, Luke Harper... They fucking kill the B team because those motherfuckers need to get away from the raw tag titles immediately. They are devaluing those things inherently by holding them. Their fucking but, gimmick is that they're losers. But and they beat the revival. The ch- 
What? But they beat the Revival. Their gimmick is that they're the B team, Joe. <laughs> the B team is the second string losers that you don't put into the game. If it's if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> they they're I, I hate it so much. They need to lose those goddamn titles and let it be savage. Let Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, who are reunited, just kill these motherfuckers, and it'll be perfect too because they took it off of Bray Wyatt, right? Mm-hmm. So he's mad that he lost him. And he's like, you you took out my tag team partner. Matt Hardy's not around anymore. I got my old tag team partner back. Take back the tag titles and then put that into the six-man tag title match with the Shield so that then it's a tag and the Universal titles all at stake in a giant six-man hell in a cell for the main event. Bam. That could work. That would be such a kick-ass main event. That would be the, so Well, much the question than- is, when is, do you know when NXT War Games is? Uh, I would. Is that supposed to be maybe like the Survivor Series weekend? I, I hope I, it is because I would just want, mm-hmm. would want that that Hell in a Cell style match to be like separated a little bit of time from the NXT mm-hmm. War Games show because I feel like they're going to do the similar thing with like Adam Cole and Ricochet and all. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, probably like you know Undisputed Era versus um uh, like Ricochet and. I'd, I'd assume War Machine's got to be in that match. Yeah. For War I think games. it's like Ricochet, War Machine versus Undisputed Era with all the titles on the line. Mm-hmm. And maybe another faction in there? I don't know. Just because last time they had three factions, right? Yeah. So I don't know who exactly you'd put in there for the third faction, but like maybe uh, Pete Dunne and Mustache Mountain? Maybe. That's what I would do, but... Yeah, I don't know. This has been... Uh, I, oh my gosh, I would love that. That'd be a great main event. People would fucking pop and go crazy for that. I would fucking love it. I think cause you could even totally book that either way. Like the Shield keeps it, or maybe the, you know, the Y family goes over and then Braun Strowman becomes the champion. Because mm-hmm. my, I guess my, because I feel like with the Shield coming back together, the question is, how long are they back together? And I guess maybe the other question to ask is, how long until Dean Ambrose betrays them, right? <laughs> Well, because it was Seth the original time, right? Yep. So yeah, it's like kind of they're just like doing a hard reset from like a couple of years ago of what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want them at least for this next little while to be like a faction, but not like that they have to do everything together. Mm. Okay. I want them to be like the Bullet Club or something like that, where they can have their own storylines and stuff like that, but then they're always going to come back together. And like they're going to. Yeah, you know, be constantly sort of like interfering with each other's storylines and helping like, each other out. Have each like other's that. backs. Just like what happened here. Like, mm-hmm. Seth was off doing his own thing, right? He defended his title. Or won, I'm sorry, won the title, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, won the title. Um, and, but then comes out in the main event to help his brother. Like, mm-hmm. that's, so, I think that's good booking. Or, you know what? Maybe the other way you could do with this too is like if the Shield stays together for a little bit. And this kind of, like, forced together, like, what we're saying here, booking, talking about, like, the Wyatt family kind of getting back together. If Braun Strowman reunites with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, then maybe you could also get some other factions, too. Like, with Dolph Ziggler and uh, Drew McIntyre, maybe they get a third guy. Yeah. Uh, Who would be a third guy to go with them? What do you think? I was thinking, like, Cesaro to keep, like, the kind of international flair of... Well, he'd have um, to go over from SmackDown. Yeah, well, just because I don't, like, we've heard the rumors for a while that, like, Sheamus mm-hmm. hanging it up soon, but we don't, I don't know how true that is, because that was a while ago now. Um, who's kind of, like, lost in the shuffle and needs some direction? Chad Gable. Ooh, that's Chad a good one. Gable. Uh, that, and that's good with uh, the whole Dolph thing, right? Like, they were both amateur wrestlers. Could be, like, Dolph kind of taking him as under, under his wing, so to speak. I could see them trying to, like, haze him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like trying to like, yeah, bully him into a, like a fraternity or something. Like you're, we're forcing you to work with us, kid, and we're gonna kind of treat you like shit. Yeah. And then eventually, maybe he, like, because I feel like Chad Gable. I don't know. Like he he was a little bit of a heel, but like, not for very long. He he turned babyface pretty quick back down at NXT. He could be a good heel though. He could be that because he's so like over exaggerative and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He could be that annoying heel. That's true, and he was experimenting a little bit more with that with uh, Shelton Benjamin. 
down yes. a little bit. And he was he was yeah starting to make a little bit of heel progress there, kind of just being like a cocky dick. And I mean, being around Drew and Dolph could definitely help that. They're both great heels. Mm-hmm. Totally, you could do that. Who else would be a good candidate? Who else is on Raw and needs? Ooh, Tyler Breeze. Ooh, Tyler, there you go. Yeah, reunite with Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> hey, hey, remember, remember when we, we feuded? And I was saying that you weren't as good looking as me, even though we look a lot alike. <laughs> oh, even man. though we basically have the same gimmick, kind of. <laughs> even though we look a lot alike. Like, it's uncanny sometimes. Uh, no. Hmm. Maybe maybe another big guy. Like, Dolph's trying to hide between two, two big guys. Ooh, who's another good? I mean, bring, if, uh, if... Bring if back our... uh, the big slow. What's he doing? Is he retired oh, yet? He, he's coming back soon, I think. There you go. Apparently he was like injured or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, aren't, wasn't uh, Dolph Ziggler and um, Drew McIntyre calling themselves the whole show or the show or something for a little bit? <laughs> well, there you go. Now they can be the big show with the big show. <laughs> hey, WWE loves doing the, the name thing, right? Where they split true. the names up. So Very true. So, yeah, there you go. Bring back a uh, big slow. Mm-hmm. You know what? If if Kane's not too busy being Marriott, <laughs> oh yeah, where are you? There you go. Or you could uh you could dig up the Undertaker, which is apparently what they're planning to do in uh, Australia. Throw him against Triple H. Oh my god, that fucking promo by Triple H. <laughs> <clears throat> this is indecisive as my girlfriend about like eating. He's <laughs> just like, I I want to be in this match, but I don't. But I want to go back to it. So I am, but maybe. <laughs> like that's what I took out of it. Like, yeah, it was really. Oh my gosh, it's so. Like, I hate. I, I want to be. Do... I want to be corporate Triple H, but I also be <laughs> wrestling Triple H. Like, but I still want to be the game. <laughs> I yeah. can't put away my sledgehammer uh, <laughs> or my shovel. Yeah, it, it's really fun. I hate, especially too, when like. All right, the last time they were building the whole, like, the end of an era, and he talked about that for a little you while in his promo. Had and then, the era match, I forgot about that. And then now he's like, and now we're going to do it for the last time. Uh. <laughs> it's like, bullshit. When's the next one? <laughs> I don't even care who wins this one, because I know you're just going to fight again. It's almost like yeah. uh, when Rock and Cena faced off the first time. Once yeah. in a lifetime. Once and then lifetime. they did it again, so people <laughs> took the shirts and crossed out once and put twice. <laughs> Especially, you know what even the funnier thing is just to spit on that so hard? Is the fact that when they announced that rematch was the day after they had the first match. This wasn't <laughs> that they were like, promoting, they were so promoting you, it once in a lifetime. And you knew all along that it wasn't once in a lifetime. And they're promoting it as such. Like, WWE are such dicks. It is unbelievable sometimes. <laughs> hey, let's promote something as this. Oh, wait, we can make a shit tour month shit ton more money if we do it again yeah let's do that like you know what this you know what this signals to me as almost a guarantee triple h and undertaker are going to fight at wrestlemania because australia will not be the last time and the next time we'll just be at wrestlemania can like can this just be the undertaker's last look they should just have a double shuffle match (laughs) they just both come down to the ring with shovels and they both dig a grave and they hit each other in the head with the shells and fall into the and, and they're both just old men. So by the time they get done, they just both pass out in their own <laughs> graves. <laughs> and they end both careers. Yeah, because Shawn Michaels comes Triple in, just... uh, spreads a little dirt on their body, says a prayer. <laughs> and that's it. Then it's the real end of an era. And they don't call it that, though. Because if they call it that, then it means it's not the end. Yeah. But Triple H's wife had a great segment on Raw with Rhonda. Yeah, Rhonda is uh, into breaking the arms. Yes. She must have been watching a lot of Pentagon Jr. <laughs> um, well, I loved uh, the match with Bliss, with uh, Alexa being double-jointed. It made mm-hmm. those arm bars look nuts. Well, and to, I like the the really good, simple psychology of it, too. Of like Rhonda is just like, bitch, I'm going to murder you. And Alexa knows it. So then she's just, I'm not getting in there. So then Rousey has to do like, all right, well, I'm just going to sit here. Like, I'm not even going to look at you, trick her into coming in. And then it's like, well, now I've got you, bitch. Like, I loved it. 
I thought yeah. it was perfect. Because you weren't going to have the back and forth match with them, right? Like you couldn't, you couldn't have Ronda sell for Alexa. Um, yeah. And so you had to do something, and I thought that was like the perfect how they did it. Mm-hmm. The only thing I think they almost should have that I'm surprised is that like they were smart enough to put together this match, but I feel like they should have taken a lot of notes from this retrospectively when they were putting together the matches with Nia Jax. And Alexa yes. Bliss, like Alexa Bliss, got way too much offense every time she's fought Nia Jax, especially yeah. when we now have seen this. Then it's like, yeah, right, come on, because like Ronda, you could you could expect that Alexa doing like something could affect her at least a little bit, right? Like, right, at least like yeah, you know, when she came in and hit her with the briefcase from behind over the top of head, it's like okay, yes, I believe Ronda's a small enough girl that if you ambush her and smack her over the head with a blood yes. force object, yeah. <laughs> You might be able to take her out for a little bit, especially if you heat her, like, because Alexa hit her multiple times. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. And it was, but, like, right after a match with a woman who was, like, twice her size. But, like, Naya is, like, five times Alexa's size and, like, sold way more for her. So it's just, like, mm-hmm. uh, the logic just doesn't add up here. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the the way to fix this is if uh, when Naya comes back, you just got to turn her into more of a monster. Like, you got to... Mm-hmm not let her take that offense anymore is she is she injured i don't know like she's not on tv right now though so hmm. I, or at least she wasn't uh this week or anything was she she hasn't been for a while so i don't know maybe it's a minor injury or maybe they're just trying to keep her away from uh ronda that's you know to be fair enough that would not be a bad idea either like because if you don't have anything good to do then you're just going to kind of waste her being on tv so don't put her on TV if you don't have something to do. Mm-hmm. But have something to do. You know? That's the lesson, I think. Is that they need to have things to do. Because when they don't really have anything to do, that's when they just kind of, like, throw stuff at the wall. But, you know, at least for now, like, I will say, this this Raw coming out of it was pretty good overall. Like, I liked that Reigns challenged Finn Balor. Like, I thought that was some good continuity. Like, especially at least if they were really trying to still be serious about, like, we're trying to get Roman Reigns, you know, cheered. As like a type of babyface, I thought this was like a really good, legit fighting champion babyface move. Yes, right. The challenge guy who deserves to have a match for the championship and is a guy who in the past has beaten Reigns. Yes, and never lost the title, right? Right, exactly. Never lost the title. Although, uh, what did, what was your opinion about the demon coming back here at SummerSlam? I think it was the only way to make that match worth it, and. With this, their spot on the card, that was the mm-hmm. only way they were going to get the crowd into it. Yeah, it's. It, I'm kind of like weirdly also for it and against it at the same time. Like I think that what they did with it was good, and that I like that. Hopefully, this is going to lead to maybe a little bit more for Balor. Uh, like maybe a little bit more of either he's trying to go for the title, and maybe even there's some frustration, and he's got to lean on the demon. Mm-hmm. Um, my only frustration was that it was like, really, like, this is the thing that we brought the demon back for? Like, we've waited a long-ass time. To the point where then, like, when it came back, it was going to be a really big deal. And then it was just for him to, like, kill Baron Corbin. Which I was totally fine with. But yeah. I think it was the fact that it was, like, four hours into the show, right? And it was right after two matches. with So you had Samoa Joe and AJ, The Miz and Dan O'Brien. The crowd was dead by this point. Like, and so the Balor coming out as the demon woke them up, definitely. So, I guess. But, like, the thing that then strikes me as really odd, then it's like, all right, well, <clears throat> he was willing to go through the effort to become the demon, to fight Ben Baron Corbin for no reason. But then the very next night, when he gets a championship match for the universal title, he's like, fuck it. Why would I become the demon for this? So, have you Only heard of when the stakes con- are the highest? <laughs> have you heard about this comic book that explains how he got the powers no what's that so apparently there's this comic that on his way home from like school one day Balor happened upon this demon and beat him in a fight and therefore absorbed his powers but they explain in the comics that it takes a lot of energy out of him so mm-hmm. that's why he can't have it out all the time that like he can only bring it out every once in a while and so I guess the argument could be made if it because this was a WWE published comic book, mm-hmm. so it's canon. So the argument could be made that 
he didn't know that he was going to have a championship match on Monday, right? And that he used the demon doesn't have the energy on Monday to use the demon again. I see. So he's, there's a refractory period yes. for his demon powers, and he needs to be <laughs> he needs to be careful about when he uh, you know blows a load. But I, I so to speak, I've, I've heard this, and other people reason it out, and I agree with it that that should probably be explained on WWE TV, right? Because like you, yes, did, hadn't heard about this comic book. So don't you're sitting there going like, like I'm sure most there's probably a lot of fans are going. Well, wait, he just killed a guy the night before using this demon character. Why doesn't he do it again? Right, because then also like that begs the question: is like with this demon power, is like every single time he transforms into the demon, does it use the same amount of demon energy? Because mm-hmm. like when he beat Baron Corbin, that like was very quick. Like I wouldn't think that that cost the same amount of demon energy as like the big epic battles he had for the NXT title, for example. Yes. You know, these are questions we need answered. Yes. Because, it, but, like, this this is just, you know what, this encapsulates a really important problem, right? In WWE, is they just do not care, like... About like, the details. Right, they don't care about the details. They, they insult the intelligence of the fans constantly mm-hmm. with their absolute disregard for details and lack of continuity. Um, I will also, a pro to him doing the demon characters, I thought it it gave him a real shot in the arm of he's been on a roll recently. The, the great match at SummerSlam of just him just beating the shit out of Corbin. And then mm-hmm. the title match on Monday, I think Balor's back into being like a main event figured guy. Potentially. I mean, definitely at least for this week of raw, it seemed like that, like they were definitely treating him well. Like this was a good episode. So, I mean, other than the fact that like the weird continuity thing we just discussed. Yes. So, I would like to see it continue further because that would be really cool. Or you know what? Actually, what if what if Balor hooks up with Dolph and Drew? What if he be the third guy that goes with them? Hmm. That could be interesting. I mean, I would like to see. You know what? With all these like three man factions, I would like to see more of that. Of just like so, we have the Shield, you have the Wyatt family. I would like to see Balor bring back um, Anderson and Gallows of saying, "Hey, team back up with me," and have all these like factions just going at each other yeah absolutely like see this is the other thing is like wwe <laughs> realized too that they can have more of these alliances and not have to like necessarily do stuff with them all the time no but like if you, you can have, have gallows uh, and anderson do their own thing right and then just when finn needs backup they're there and it would be totally understandable they're great friends from years and years and years like you and I haven't seen each other in a while, but like if you called on me for help, like I would obviously come and help. Like, <laughs> yeah, like if I was getting attacked by two guys and I needed a tag team partner, it was like, oh <laughs> shit, I need the New Jersey kid. Yeah, <laughs> what am I gonna do? You know, and in the same way too, like you can expand some of the other factions that you have, right? Like you can have like with the New Day, like all right, you could still have Kofi and Woods like holding down the tag titles because they just got them for the fifth time now. But then yeah. you could also be like, hey, let's get some more gold. Maybe Big E's going to challenge Shinsuke Nakamura for the U.S. title. Or maybe he's going to challenge AJ Styles for the WWE title. Like, mm-hmm. why the fuck not? Well, right now, because Samoa Joe and AJ are in a great feud, I'm loving this so far. Well, that's, def- that's definitely true. But yeah, like, the fucking U.S. title? Why not? That'd be awesome. Yeah, nothing else really going on with that one right now, is there? Yeah, well, Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura is just kind of still being a silly uh, heel man. He needs a babyface to go against, and not a babyface who's feuding with another heel. Heel, yeah. <laughs> Although, just, though, know, Randy Orton went back to the ear thing, which uh, helped. Yeah, that, I mean, that is a really nasty spot. That is yeah. a really nasty spot. Um, but yeah, like I, I would really like to see Shinsuke Nakamura get a new decent challenger here. Yeah. Um, you know, I would really actually, I would love to see Rusev. You know, I mean, that'd, hey, that'd be Rus- fun. Rusev is back with Aiden. Mm-hmm. Could make a run for the title. Yeah, you have you could have Aiden just go to uh, and plead his case that hey, I've screwed up for Rusev, so I think he deserves a shot. Like, ooh, you know what? And here you go. Here's a very interesting story too. You could do. Uh, so like, all right, we got that set up of Rusev trying to go after Nakamura. Something like that. And then Nakamura, with his new kind of sneaky heel character, maybe he could start kind of trying to whisper in the ear of Aiden English and try and turn him. <laughs> and be like, you know, Rusev, he does not respect you. 
You know, you are just his whipping. He, he you are his young boy. You know, <laughs> in the words of a New Japan guy. Yeah. You know, kind of Rusev, so that Rusev Steve descended, and then maybe Aiden English like turns on him properly of being like, "That's right, you don't respect my." <laughs> you make me wash your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you make me wash your machka. <laughs> yep, I could see something like that. That could be fun. Yeah. Or you know, or maybe even he tries it and it fails, and then Rusev gets the uh, the U.S. title back. Yeah, maybe. I I seriously would fucking really love to see. Rusev get another title run at some point. He's one of those guys that's been kind of nuts that like he's kind of been in that Ziggler position, right? Where it's just like the fans are behind him, but they just don't seem to be like doing much with him. But he seems to hold retain the audience better than someone like Ziggler did for a while. I don't know, man. I think you're I think you're not remembering how long people were invested with Ziggler. Like for years, dude. Like every, even you know, even now, any time that they give him like anything, people get right back on the bandwagon. Oh no, no, no. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. they. I'm saying I think people for Rusev stay on the bandwagon even mm-hmm. in the dark times. Is what I'm saying. I see. So because I mean, you have to admit I'm, there was, there was a while there with Ziggler that when he wasn't doing anything, the crowd just did not give a shit. True, but that that was also after like several years of like WWE just like giving up. And sure. like we sure, kept sure, kind sure. of falling yeah. for for a little bit and then we kind of got wise after a couple of times was like, "All right, we see that it's over. Like they're not mm-hmm. going to give it to him." But people were holding on to a dream for a while and yeah, I I you know, the other thing that's what to your credit talking about Rusev is there's more aspects to his character. Like he has expanded himself more than Dolph Ziggler did during that time. Yes. And that's, you know, maybe that's even part of the problem, too, was, like, why, you know, Dolph Ziggler never got back up to that level. Is like maybe he really just kind of needed to somehow expand and change the character. But, mm-hmm. you know, part of that problem, right, is you're at the mercy of creative. Yeah. Like, you can't go out there and do shit that they're not telling you to do. So, with Rusev, like, stumbling into Rusev Day, like, may have just kind of saved him. Because, like, imagine, yeah, like, where the fuck do you think Rusev would be on the card if he was still with the company at all right now, if he hadn't gotten the Rusev Day gimmick? Mm, probably be, like, a Chad Gable. Maybe, yeah. Like, just completely struggling to even make TV right now. Probably. Which is also crazy. Like, man, where the fuck is Chad Gable? Put that boy on TV. Mm-hmm. He's so damn good. Man, I would love to see him get maybe another crack at the Intercontinental title or something. Or isn't uh, Jason Jordan, isn't he supposed to be coming back? Yeah, I'm not sure when. Put American Alpha back together again. Yeah, like, you're not doing anything hey, else with those guys. You can at think... the very least put them against the Revival and you know you're going to get a good match. <laughs> and um, do you think when they bring Jason Jordan back, they keep the Kurt Angle storyline? Or do you think they forget about that? I don't know. You know, I think I think they'll probably keep it. Because I, I still think at some point they might want to try and, like, use that to turn him heel. Like, kind of complete that storyline. Interesting. Because like they were trying to go the direction, right, of, like, him continuing to get spoiled and angry and then turn on Kurt. Like, back when he was still with the on the, on the roster. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see them kind of bringing him back and just trying to restart that again. So I, I don't have a timeline for when he's coming back, but apparently while he's nursing his injury, Jordan, uh, alongside Matt Hardy, uh, produced a match backstage. Oh. Hmm. So I don't know if you saw about that, but uh, Matt Hardy looks like he's trying out for producer job. Yeah, I knew that at least Matt Hardy was trying to do more stuff behind the room behind the scenes which that makes sense like at his yeah. point at the, this point in his career like he's a lot more valuable for his knowledge to the wrestling business than he is trying to risk his body yes putting together a match and you know what honestly you do the other thing you could do with him too i feel like with his character if they wanted to they could even just have him be like an on-screen personality and not really wrestle anymore like he could just 
still lead oh. a, like a faction. Faction. I would love to see him as a general manager, as like the broken <laughs> character. I think that'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be fucking right. Brilliant. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. Like people come to him to ask for like title matches and stuff, and he like puts them into like these weird matches and stuff. Like, oh my god, teams pe- like random people up. Like, I could imagine him just being so entertaining. Oh, you know, be really. I would love to see him do like some real wacky shit. Like maybe uh, you know, somebody comes out for a contract signing, and it turns out it's like, ah, you signed the wrong contract. <laughs> turns out you're challenging for the women's championship. <gasps> he needs Ooh. to do it with our truth. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, the scene this week on Spectre when Alexa walks off camera and you hear her yell and you just see her page go, R Truth, put her down. You mean Carmella? Oh yeah, Carmella. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh my bad. <laughs> it's like, wait, he just tried to pin her backstage, like not even in a ring. <laughs> Maybe try to pin her back in a hotel room. Ooh. Yeah, who knows? Oh, Carmella know. is single. You know, she didn't really seem that distressed <laughs> with that scream. It didn't seem, like, that upset, you know? So, maybe she was kind of into it. And Paige was just like, hey, hey, not here. <laughs> I, already got I, know, the history. I know that stuff gets leaked out. So. <laughs> yeah. Guys, you got to be careful. There are cameras all over this place. <laughs> oh, man. But tell me your room number so I can come watch later. <laughs> uh, so who? what match have we not talked about yet? Uh, oh. oh, Dana Bryan and The Miz. We've not talked about that yet. That and uh, if So we mentioned in Carmel, actually, do we want to dive a little deeper into the SmackDown? Yeah, let's, let's talk about all that. that yeah. Fallout. Charlotte, Becky, and Carmella. Great match, I thought. I... I just, I, I just, I just love how like they're trying to turn her heel, and the crowd just like, nope. Yeah, and I even loved her, her promo on SmackDown. I thought it was so good of Becky mm-hmm. going like, "You may be cheering now, but were you cheering like months ago and stuff yes. like that?" Yes, we that, were. <laughs> I thought that was great reasoning, and it's it's so funny to see that it's just like, and then like Charlotte comes out supposed to be the babyface, and the crowd boos when she like the advantage on becky and then cheers when becky like flips her over like yeah exactly exactly when they're pounding on each other <laughs> becky smack 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 cheer yeah charlie smack smack boo <laughs> it's like guys what the fuck <sighs> you know what here i actually did hear an interesting idea of like if you really for some reason want to turn becky lynch heel mm-hmm. this would be the way to do it Instead of her focusing too much on, like, I want to get the title and I feel robbed out of that, maybe what you do is have her be like, you know what? Fuck the title. I know I'm never going to get it as long as Charlotte Flair's around because bitches like her are always going to get opportunities and then they always steal away the opportunities when they get them. So have her just go, like, psycho and be like, I'm going to fucking kill Charlotte Flair. Fuck the title. Like, maybe that would be a way to do it. Maybe. But even then, it's like, it's just, it's such a fucking ridiculous and hilarious misread of the situation, which they've been so guilty of for so long, with Roman Reigns being prime example. But, you know, time and again, they just don't recognize who their baby faces and who their heels are. Yeah, or they, they, they try to go, oh, we know the crowd wants this, but we'll try to change their minds. And then the crowd goes, nope. Was it? It, this is, I think, a fundamental fucking stupid flaw that they don't understand. Like, I guess every once in a while, you do need to find, like, that that wrinkle that the audience doesn't know that they want. But, like, grand majority of the time, don't you just want to put on the show that they want to fucking watch? Like, yes, the audience is, con- like, this is hilarious. In no other fucking medium do you constantly have the audience literally telling you what they want. And they just I think the closest thing the is time. like the closest thing is maybe like a sports team of like if they boo like a player acquisition or something like that. But you're right, like it's it's like no other. 
Right, because like when you put out a movie, like you don't know what people are gonna think about that until like you've made it. Like even with the critics, you get to see it before the general audiences. Like you still have to fucking make the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like while you're making it, you're having them in there being like, "Hey, you know what? Maybe you should do this instead." Boo! Well, yay. and like it's and it's like a it's a giant focus group, right? Because like mm-hmm. yeah, when a movie comes out, you'll have a whole bunch of people tweeting about it, but like this is a live reaction crowd. Right. Right. Right, and it's like it's it's just the thing that also I think is really amazing that I've kind of I don't know it's it's very interesting to notice is that I feel like over time the the regional differences as far as like where they go and how people react diminish. Like there's still a little bit of consistency, but I I even feel like even compared to five ten years ago, as far as just like how many cities were smart cities and then how they would react to stuff versus just going somewhere else. Doesn't it seem like there are a lot more "quote unquote" smart cities than there ever were, to the point where now it's like, you know, most of the cities that they go to react at least somewhat similarly to how a "quote unquote" smart city would. Somewhat. I mean, they still hit some of those like backwoods kinds of towns, especially in like the Midwest. But you're right. I mean, anytime they're along any of the coasts mm-hmm. or like Chicago, stuff like that, then yeah, you're getting a smart city. True, and especially, like, that's increasingly wherever they do TV. Yes. Is at those bigger cities. You know, mm-hmm. they, they'll stop and do, you know, house shows. But, like, house shows is just a totally different format, right? Yeah. Like, it's a totally different type of show. But, like, with TV, it's like they just consistently get it well, so and, weirdly wrong. I don't know. I mean, I've only been to, like, I think one house show maybe so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um in Philly, and that was very much a different crowd than the TV crowd. It was way more families and kids and stuff like that mm-hmm. than there was people our age. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, it's just it, I think it reflects a really completely backwards way that they look at booking because Vince just kind of like decides what he wants to do and who he wants to be over and who's going to be the top star and then books from there instead of looking at like who is the audience reacting to and why are they reacting to them and then based off of that who should we be pushing into like these top positions Mm -hmm. based on how the crowd's reacting to it because like if somebody like if you're trying to make somebody a face and just for years it's not working like clearly you should Mm -hmm. turn that person heel and in the same regard like if you're trying to get someone over as a heel and it's not working like i don't know maybe fucking try turning a baby face like yeah you know it's just, it's silly. Yeah. It's silly at this point. Like, but, I, I feel like for years we could have, you know, we've complained. We said, it's like, oh, it's so stupid. Why don't they see it? But it's like, I don't, it's, there is nothing more to say about it anymore. I will except, say. I'm... Except that with reunited, at least in Reigns' case, because the Becky Lynch and Charlotte case is now just a fresh example of them being fucking morons. But at least with Reigns being back with the Shield right now, it's like maybe that's a potential remedy for that one right now. Because at least when Reigns is with the Shield, things are usually pretty good. Yes. <laughs> and I'll give that Becky and Charlotte is so new. I'll give them a couple more weeks to see how it goes. I I'm really just hoping that they do pull a massive course correction on this. Like seeing how bad the reaction was at SummerSlam, and then this SmackDown, maybe they just try and like flip the script somehow and be like you know what let's turn but charlotte heel do you think it could also be some kind of reverse psychology thing like because the crowd is still really behind becky even with her saying this stuff so i mean i don't think it matters yet so much of what wwe is even trying to do yeah i, I think the crowd's just like no we're, we're behind becky like right that's that's what i'm saying is like if, if they course correct like next week they could still pre- like save this from being a fucking disaster. But if they just try to keep steaming ahead and do the same shit that they did just this week, it's not going to work. Like Charlotte's going to keep getting booed. And I think Becky's going to keep getting cheered. That's just how it's going to be. But as long as it doesn't go on for years, I, I mean, I don't think next week is like the deadline of it falling apart. I mean, just like as far as from like a continuity perspective, like they need to like, fucking fix this shit like come on you people are fucking professionals this is what you get paid big ass bucks to do 
and like you can't read this shit. I think it's even fucking hilarious that they decided to put together this fucking promo on fucking Tuesday when they saw that reaction on Sunday. Like that's hilarious. Like these people are fucking idiots. Oh my gosh. Like here's the other thing too cuz like if you were still going to like if you were adamant like all right, fuck it. Like no matter what, we have to stick to the plan of Becky Lynch being a heel. You know what? Don't put her out there this week because you know the crowd's going to cheer her. At the very least if they think yeah, you're that literally somehow, in front of the a, same crowd. But I th- it, exactly, you're putting it with the same crowd. At the very fucking least, if you think a different crowd is going to give you a different reaction, then wait till that crowd, okay? Like, have her come out and do something then. Like, fine. But they're just fucking idiots. They, man. Okay, idiots. so, other match. <laughs> but, New Day is the champions again. Five time. Yeah. Five time. Five-time, five-time, five-time tag team champions, Joe. Um, I mean, had to be done, though, because of uh, Rowan's injury. So yeah. I'm just, the, the timeline of that is really weird. Because apparently, like, they, so he wrestled on Sunday, right? And then, yep. I think it was that one that the injury occurred. So they didn't have him wrestle on Monday, but then had him try to wrestle on Tuesday. Okay. But yeah, I thought this is also a smart idea, right? I think to have it on SmackDown too, because it, it probably would have gotten a loss in the shuffle on SummerSlam. I would say, or even just do it, switch, switch it out that house show. No. On Monday. No, this is this is five time. This has got to be on TV. Putting it on that house show would have been a waste, especially when it's like if we defended it, it the night before up. and then the night after, it would be like fuck it. Just fuck you, people. <laughs> oh, they they've done that before, though. That hasn't stopped them. Oh, dude, there's there is no depth that WWE will not sink to if they don't want to. Like <laughs> that has been proven time and again. Ooh, great transition. There's mm-hmm. no depth that Samoa Joe won't sink to to piss off AJ ah. Styles. Very true. Now talking about uh becoming his the new daddy to his family. Right? Yes, fucking great, and I loved. Just, like, the look on Joe's face, like, after the match of, like, being pissed that he didn't get the title, but, like, kind of happy at the same time that, like, he got under AJ's skin. It was this nice, like, mix of, like, shit, I I pissed him off too much, but mm-hmm. also, I pissed him off, so I'm happy about <laughs> that, like. Yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah. Maybe mission too accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I was too good. Just too good. My only criticism would be just how they started this match. With, like, Samojo went into this match saying pretty much the same things. Like, he didn't call, he didn't say he was going to be the new daddy yet, but he was, like, mm-hmm. going after AJ's family. And they start with, like, a collar and elbow tie-up. And mm-hmm. it's just like, AJ, wouldn't you want to start like Finn Balor did? Like, just go at him, like. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think so. Yeah. Although I did like, I like the ending too with the, uh, you know, hitting him with the chair, like just getting pissed off yeah. to the point where that's like, he can't even continue. And then I loved, oh my gosh, like his kid's his reaction. Daughter. Oh my God. When so he came good. over, daddy, you're bleeding. bleeding. Oh my gosh. And then that his wife so going good. like, calm down. <laughs> He's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He just got to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was good and I like it. I dig it. It's, yep. it's nice too because like it really adds that extra wrinkle to aj's character right like gives him that that dark side that you can you can get under his skin right you can make him angry he's not just goody two-shoes the whole time well i was gonna say also on the other spec other aspect of it too like really showing and fleshing out the spec the effect or uh, the aspect that he is a family man yes and that that's part of what you can get under his skin about right is that like he cares so deeply about his family that it's like that's the line you don't cross Mm mm-hmm and that's the thing that, like, you know, Samoa Joe is finding clearly this rivalry. Like, oh, yeah, this is the one thing that... This is the button I can push. And when I push it, AJ Styles moves. Yeah. Every time. So he knows he can manipulate him with that. And I think that's probably... At least what they're continuing to build is, like, the idea, right? That he's going to find a way to manipulate him with that to beat him and take the title. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I, I could see him, I could see AJ retaining through this, actually, because I'm trying to look forward ahead to, like, 
where else they might go. And I'm wondering if like the uh, the Daniel Bryan feud with the Miz, like if that's if their idea with that is that that's supposed to go like all the way to WrestleMania, or if maybe that's going to culminate sooner, and then maybe you have like Daniel Bryan go after the title. I mean, it's definitely not going to culminate at like Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. I don't know about going all the way to WrestleMania because we're definitely gonna have a break now with like a mixed tag match. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Brian, they're gonna do the mixed tag match next. Yep. Bree and Maurice are now involved. <laughs> what a waste of I time. did. I did like the the ending to their match though at SummerSlam. I like the brass knocks from Maurice. Yeah, I you know I thought their match like. I was still kind of fucking pissed because, like, damn it, I wanted Daniel Bryan. Just, I wanted Daniel Bryan to win for it just to be over. Mm-hmm. But um, I get like, yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of alright with it, especially because the cheating was done very well. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of cheatings that WWE do that are like not done well, and like, how the fuck is the ref this much of an idiot? Like, it makes the match look bad. Yeah, but this one was good. Like, yes. this one was well orchestrated. Miz hit it well. Like. Pop Daniel Bryan real quick, and then it was just over. Like, mm. it was well done. Like, I have to give them credit. It was good cheating. Definitely. So. Now let's just get through the mixed tag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we just have to get through this little thing. Just and you know, the thing that sucks about this kind of little wrinkle is you know from the beginning that this is just like a fluff piece. Like, this is just we're just putting this in there to extend the feud. Yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. Well then. Can you just get it over with? Because <laughs> I know ultimately this doesn't matter. Because whoever wins this, we're just going to get another one. Yeah. And then we know that, like, all right, well, this is probably going to be Daniel Bryan and Bree win this one. So probably Bree winning this one specifically. Uh, anything else from SummerSlam? I'm trying to remember. Was there any other matches we haven't talked about from SummerSlam? Um, I thought the Intercontinental Championship was really good. Yes. Especially, like, the ending sequence, too. Like, mm-hmm. that uh, super kick. Yes. Damn. Although, um, even better than that, let's fucking re- rewind it to Brooklyn. So we can talk about yes, some, some of that. Yes, that's what I was going to oh talk about. Oh, my gosh. That super kick from Adam Cole to Ricochet. Oh, my God. That fucking flip was <laughs> insane. <laughs> like, the crazy... I, I love that they, they <clears throat> referenced... Basically, the Shelton Benjamin Shawn Michaels super kick. Remember, mm-hmm. Shelton does the springboard, and Michaels hit him in midair, mm-hmm. um, and that's what they were going for at first. But then uh, Ricochet blocks it, and then does the flip, and Cole just nails him, and it was perfect timing and everything. It was just awesome. Yeah, that was just really great spot and a really great match in general too. Just. A really great story being told of, you know, Adam mm-hmm. Cole feeling like, you know, he was so superior to Ricochet, but then getting, like, outclassed just over and over again throughout this match, and then ultimately catching up to him, and Ricochet just beat him, took the title. Yeah. And I think I think you you got it right here. I think Ricochet going in with the singles title, Undisputed Era going in with the tag titles, sets up for a great Warrior Ames match. Mm-hmm. Totally. See, I, I can't wait to see how this goes, too, because, yeah, also, like you mentioned, the rest of Undisputed Era, great tag match there with Mustache Mountain. Yes. I still think the very best of that whole series was probably the first one there with the throwing in the towel. Mm. But, like, this was really good, too. Like, it's it's really hard to pick. Yeah. Um, All four of these guys are just amazingly talented and had great chemistry in here, too. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I thought the tag match though was definitely one of my favorites the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was a. I'm trying. To, hmm. What would what would be your match of the weekend? Would it be that one for you? I would have to lean towards Ricochet Cole. Hmm. Okay. Because that spot, and I really enjoyed the two. But a close second would definitely be the tag match. Definitely. Although another contender. Maybe. I don't know. I guess it depends on kind of what your feel is for different things. But I thought the also the women's match was really good between uh, Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Yes. I thought Kyrie with the lead up in showing her um, more aggressive side, I thought she killed it here in this match. And Shayna just did what she does. She is just so fucking good. I can't wait to see her up on the main roster. 
Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that we actually didn't get to see her on Monday. Yeah, I totally. I think they might. I think they're going to hold her off for. I think she's. Um, maybe Evolution. Maybe Evolution or uh, Survivor Series. I think like Four Horsemen, Horsewomen, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, if they're doing the Four Horsemen feud, that'd be great to see her up there. Um, but yeah, I thought her match here with Kyrie Sane was really nice, especially too, because like, so Kyrie Sane wins, like, from just that reversing the pressure, right? And like catching, because uh, she was still in the submission hold from Shayna. Yes. And rolled through into the pin and caught her. So it was like, it even feeds too into like Shayna's character. Like, so she, she's the one person who can take advantage of when Shayna slips up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. Shayna is so powerful that she gets caught up in her own strength and her own arrogance. Like, that's what causes her to lose matches. Like, I still think, because, like, Kyrie Sane's the only one who's beaten her. And both times, it's like she's kind of, like, caught her when she slipped. So, like, nobody's used, even really beaten Shayna Baszler. Yeah. And she she's, like, used her own momentum against her. Right. Exactly. Like, she's she's able to ride the stormy seas, as it were, but until I'm eventually sh- there's the opening. <laughs> And she seizes the treasure. Mm-hmm. So, I like it. I, um, Yeah. Uh, looking forward to... Uh, yeah, I think Shayna maybe comes back for like... Or you know what? Maybe maybe just leave it. I say um, just leave it. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Because then, yeah, I don't think you want to beat Shayna another time. No, I don't think so. Especially because like, she's, she's got stuff to do on the main roster with, uh, uh, with uh, Ronda Rousey being there. Like, she's actually one of the people from an NXT call-up that, like, there's a very clear destination. Like, there yes. you go. <laughs> Red carpet, right to where you need to go. Although, you know, I kind of thought they had that with Asuka, but they blew that up. That's true. You know, thought they had that with Bailey, but they fucked that up. So, uh, yeah. What they didn't fuck up, though, was the Velveteen Dream and AC3 match. Velveteen getting the win, and it looks like these guys might be done feuding. According to their promos on Wednesday. Oh, what did they say? Uh, did Velveteen, can't, Velveteen, I can't quite remember. EC3 is just saying like, yeah, it may have lost, but I'm just going to keep on winning and winning and like, because <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, basically saying like, he's he's not going to leave NXT until he's like won something. So, see, I was I was hoping that these guys are going to maybe keep feuding and that this could. We'll see. Into like maybe they were kind of. It could have been just generic filler promos, right? With uh, mm-hmm. that's true. With a post takeover show, so we'll see. Yeah, very very true. Because I was, I don't know. I guess unless he does get involved specifically with the war games match or something, I was really kind of hoping that we could go in a direction of, or they might go in a direction of, like, uh, both of these guys moving into the North American title picture. Uh, I definitely see EC3 doing that. I, like I said, I can't quite remember Dream's promo, but EC3 is talking about like winning titles and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. definitely could go that way. Yeah, because I would definitely and, like to see both of those guys at the same time or individually go after Ricochet. I think that'd yeah. be fun. And then we have the main title: Tommaso Ciampa retains against Johnny Gargano. And in a, in a very interesting little piece of like poetry too, right? Because like. In the last man standing match, like, Tommaso Ciampa won by, like, coming down. Like, he didn't even stand up. He just, like, fell off to the side. Yes, and it was from Gargano's own overexcitement, overexertion. What would you... Yeah, yeah, exactly. He crashed and burned. Like, yes. He uh, he let the hate flow through him too much. Yeah. And like, he couldn't handle <laughs> it, and he... Yeah, he fell down, and then Tommaso Ciampa just kind of fell into victory. Yes. A little bit, like... Yeah, I have to say though, they definitely need to put this feud on a break because this match it was good, but I, I wasn't like blown away like I've been with their other ones. So, well, the other thing too is like, where the fuck do you go from here? Yeah, exactly. Like, they just need to. You can't step guys... up unless it's like Hell in a Cell death match. <laughs> I don't think you can step it up from Last Man Standing. Oh, I think you can with a kennel in this match. Oh, there you go. Get bring back the dogs. Oh my gosh, yeah, I think I think this would be wise to take a break from it for a little bit. 
Although it's it's kind of the question is then like which in which way do you take a break from it? Does it mean that like does uh does Johnny Gargano go up to the main roster? Does he get distracted in a feud with somebody else and then eventually you come back to this? Like what do you what do you think? Like what would you do? I think you have a feud with someone else. Because I think you want to keep Gargano around for when Aleister Black comes back hmm. and kind of tie everything off with a bow there before you bring him up to a main roster. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it. I guess part of the, the question is like, how do we know how long Aleister Black is supposed to be out? I don't think it's that long. Okay, because yeah, especially if, if Aleister Black was is ready to go in time for the next takeover, then I would say you build to Aleister Black versus Tommaso Ciampa at the next takeover. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a three way, but I would I would say maybe more so just Tommaso Ciampa and Aleister Black. Yeah, because I I feel like unless you have a clear desire to like rebuild, even then like. If you did another match with uh, Gargano and Champa, like down the road, you would have to do Gargano winning. Like you have to at this point, yes. That would have to be it. But I'm tr- like, do you think would that be better, or would it be better to just have like Gargano go up having not won the title? Like maybe, maybe coming off of this, Gargano was saying like, yo, of course he's gonna want one more shot, whatever. And then somebody else challenges him and says, like, you know, well, screw you. Like, I want to win. You know, maybe Velveteen Dream. Maybe Velveteen maybe. Dream comes out and says, like, you know, well, you don't deserve the championship match. Like, you lost. You, you've lost too many I, times. You know, I won at TakeOver, so I think I should get it. And then they fight, and maybe, I don't know, like, maybe Gargano loses or something, and maybe it's like a he loses it leaves NXT or something. Like, maybe, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to you have to figure out some sort of storyline to get him out because like Gargano is too big of a character for him to either not either win the title or like have a big like exiting feud. So that's that's the tricky question. Yeah, I think See, they just need to break on him for a while. I I don't know how. Although the other, you know what? This might be a way you could do it because one theory going around is like, well, who the fuck? attacked Alistair Black, right? Mm-hmm. So one idea that I've heard kind of floating around that could be interesting to justify why it might be Johnny Gargano is the idea that, well, Johnny Gargano did it not so much because, like, he didn't think that he could win or, like, specifically against Alistair Black, but just he's so obsessed with trying to get that one-on-one match with Ciampa that that's why he did it. And then we could even say maybe that's what happened. And then maybe Alistair Black comes back and then when Alistair Black comes back, he takes out Johnny Gargano. Mm. Just as vengeance like, for like, yeah. just pure and simple of like, you took me out. Well, now I'm going to take you out. But even Gargano doesn't even have to be the one that took him out, right? It could just be payback for like costing him the title. Because Alistair never really got his comeback for that. Mm. That's true. That's true. You could even because then yeah, you could still even have the angle be then like Champa took him out or somebody else, right? Exactly. Also, have just... have a heel that took him out, but just have mm-hmm. him reason that hey, Johnny cost me the title, but I never got a chance to give him a receipt. Right, man, and that would man that would give you some really good heat going into the rematch with Champa. Mm-hmm. Be like, I took out the other guy that cost me the title, and now I'm gonna do the same thing to you and get my title back. Like kind of the, maybe you could have like this really strong feel of like retribution, right? That like all of like Alistair Black is almost like the karmic representation of all of Tommaso Ciampa's sins, and they're coming back to haunt him now. Yeah, or at least that's how Alistair Black would maybe sell himself, like psychologically to Ciampa to get in his fucking head. You know, all you did to me, and all you did to Johnny Wrestling, and the rest of the NXT universe. It's going to come back to you when I make you fade to black. <laughs> Something like that, you know? Oh, I hope he has that in his promo. Yeah, I'd, I'd fucking love to see him come back and just haunt haunt NXT. <laughs> he's a fucking ghost. Yeah, he, just, he comes back and he's undead now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, he just maybe that'd be the story. He just somebody killed him <laughs> in the NXT parking lot. He's just dead. 
Now he can never go up to the main roster. He's destined to just on NXT forever. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it for this week. <laughs> oh no 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 Lucha what? Underground baby. We were just that was a segue talking uh, about murder. Did you see Lucha Underground this week? No, I did not. <gasps> oh my gosh! All right, really quick catching yeah. up. So there was the haunted house match, which was um, a cage match with no disqualifications, shitloads of weapons all around, with uh, Mil Muertes versus the Mac, and Mil Muertes stabbed Mac multiple times with a knife in this match in the head. What? Straight up knifed him <laughs> and threw him through a bunch of tables. Uh, so is the Mac dead now? I kind of like not. He didn't get thrown in a coffin, and they also didn't do the like sacrifice, boom, boom, like he's gone thing. Yeah, but like he stabbed he, him in the head. He, his head was bleeding, and <laughs> he's fucked up, man. Uh, so yeah, Mac really got fucked up by Mil Muertes. Uh, Katrina also fucked up Melissa Santos right before this match too, so there was a little bit of that. And then to cap it all off, fucking uh, Ricky Mundo was—he was like serving as like security outside uh, Worldwide Underground. We're doing like a um, wedding gift party for Taya and Johnny. Uh huh. And they're they're like Paul Heyman type guy. I'm trying to remember his exact name, like Benjamin something Benji. Yeah. Whatever. He's coming in and he was trying to get in, and Ricky Mundo's like, "You're not on the list." And this guy's like, oh, well, of course I'm on the list, you idiot. Like, I'm valuable to Johnny. Unlike you, you're not valuable to Johnny. You're an idiot. And then Ricky Mudo's, like, talking to his doll. And she was like, show him how useless you are. And then Ricky Mudo gets all crazy and then fucking kills him. Like, takes <laughs> a pen and, like, stabs him in the head to repeatedly with a pen and kills him. So, but multiple people were stabbed in the head. And for the last bit of head wounds... We oh, had Jesus. Pentagon versus Cage in the last man or machine standing match. Where? You guessed it. Cage stabbed Pentagon in the head a oh, bunch Jesus of times. <laughs> and tried to rip his mask and stuff. Okay. Uh, but eventually Pentagon uh, uh, curb stomped Cage through a, um, a cinder block to keep him down for the 10 count. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So... Head injuries was the theme of Lucha Underground this week. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go with the fact that since assuming they're not killing off Pentagon, I'm assuming the Mac is going to live as well. Yeah, I, I think the Mac will live. Um, Ricky, or Johnny Mundo's business manager, he seems to be dead. I think he's dead. <laughs> um, and I think Cage will live to see another day as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah. A lot of violence this week. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so after all that, that's stabbing. I think that'll do it for us this week. Tune back next week for more head stabbing. More head stabbing. <laughs> Check us out on social media for all head stabbing and listen to this head stabbing podcast. <laughs> Anywhere you can find head stabbing podcasts. Anywhere you can find head stabbings. See, guys, check your local alleys for head stabbings. <laughs> <laughs>